This program is not censored. Consider yourself warned. Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad that no one will film it, two men will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's a good part, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads. With Sean McBee and Trevor Thompson. With special guest, Kelly Levier. Kelly's happy. That's so cool. Was it 25? Yeah. Uh, the printed number is 25. But your your the count on your program will be 26. Because oh, of the title page. Oh, yes. Who does those anymore? Stupid preview. We're back, everybody. Welcome to part three of Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Yeah. And I watched Beetlejuice while we were gone. Trevor did watch Beetlejuice yes. while we were gone. I was, yeah, thanks for the confirmation. And uh, and yeah, just... I don't know if you know this. All our listeners think you're a big fat liar. So I have to affirm the things that you say all or they our, won't believe well, it. Let me correct that statement. All of our... Two mistakes. One, all of our listener... Okay, fair enough. Know that I'm a big fat liar. You're a big fat phony! <laughs> Isn't that fucking... Uh... Oh, no, never mind. It's fucking stupid family guy. Yeah, but it's it's Family Guy quoting Holden Caulfield. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Phony is ah. like straight from that. That's his fucking Holden Caulfield gripe. Corn the uh, corner of the market on on that phrase. Yeah, big fat phony. It's hmm. it's like the if if Catcher in the Rye had a subtitle, which yes. it, it would be big fat phony. It is for sure his superhero catchphrase. Alternately. Big Fat Phony is a better title there's, there's than the Catcher in the Rye, Big Fat Phony. Alternately, Catcher in the Rye, please don't murder people because of this book. Catcher in the Rye would be a better name for the new Star Wars movie. We're not talking about Star Wars here and your wrong-headed assumption that The Last Jedi is a terrible title. It's We're not, talking about... Yeah, I actually like it. It's not terrible, but it's not great. I think you use the word terrible, but we're not talking about that because it doesn't matter and it has no bearing on Beetlejuice or Lydia or Otho or Makalakataka. I mean, maybe it does. Maybe they're really big Star Wars fans. Maybe they are. Previously on Table Reads. Table Reads. Fuck. Beetlejuice, having lost his license to exercise the living, is now a grocery store cleanup boy in the afterlife at a grocery store that no one ever goes to, apparently. And that's all that's going on with Beetlejuice. Meanwhile, in Hawaii, Lydia's family is opening a hotel that's being protested by, yes, beatniks, because that's still a thing. Well, it is 1993 when they wrote this. It wasn't still a thing in 1993. Like, 1970 came and beatniks were over. And had been for some time by that point. Yeah. Beatniks were like a but that doesn't mean blip that, in the 60s. That doesn't mean that people didn't, you know, still put on black turtlenecks and patchouli oil and read shitty poetry in dimly lit clubs. Also, nothing that any of these characters do is remotely, remotely beatnik. Exactly, yeah. But these uh, quote-unquote beatniks still uh, are protesting the Deets Hotel um, with... 
it's uh, the Deets Paradise Palace or something, uh, and the restaurant, which is the Hula Restaurant. It's amazing that he was able to snag that name in Hawaii. It hadn't been registered already. Um, and Lydia's falling in love, or falling in love with, or the beatnik is falling in love with her. The, She's not the falling chief in love. Beat, beatnik chemo. She's falling in love with the beatnik, but not the Beetlejuice. Right. Which, because because he's in love with her. For some we found reason. Out. He pines there's, over her. There's one line in the original that maybe you could construe as he wants to marry her, and, you know, and has like an interest in her. He goes, he says, hey, what about that, uh, that, that, one, that one little girl? I think she kind of, you know, understands me. Gets that's, me. She gets me. But that's it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a little thing that he's just like staring at her photo and pining, even though he has a perfectly lovely, horrific burn victim at home. Yeah. Poor I mean, Rita. Even Rita, yeah. Even in death, men just, we want what we can't have. So uh, her family's building the hotel. Uh, the beatniks are against it. And uh, one more thing. Uh, Mrs. Dietz wants to divorce her husband. Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. Why couldn't we remember her name last because week? Because we suck. I mean, just, I didn't want to. We're wanna... so bad. We yeah. didn't even look it up. No. We didn't even have... Kelly looked We didn't up. have Katie do it. <laughs> didn't get Ke- or Katie to do it for us. And and she's all about looking shit up. Yeah. I am. That's the only reason you guys brought me here is to keep you guys in check. No, it's the it's the not wanting to do a fake false falsetto. Mm. <laughs> Even though it's fucking hilarious. I guess that kind of limits it. We can we could never do like a serious you know, script that was like a all woman cast because then it would just sound like Monty Python yeah. pepper pots. You know. Thelma and Louise in early draft. Hello, Mrs. Conclusion! So, when we left off, uh, Lydia was hanging out on the beach with Chemo and the other beatniks, and his name is spelled with a K, by the way. He is not a sickly bald man undergoing radiation therapy. But you wish he was. Anyway, um, he looked at her sadly, and the script informed us that he was utterly handsome oh remember when we were laughing i don't know if it was the last episode of this or the one before but we were laughing at how like her shitty oh woe is me dialogue yeah she talked to the butterfly yeah no that actually is in character (laughs) i forgot all about it there's a whole scene in the movie where she's fucking got a veil she's in her room yeah and she's going i am alone and then she erases it and she goes i am Utterly alone. Yes. And it goes on and it's worse from there. So Except she has character development in the first oh, movie. Oh, no, no, no. And she ends... Don't get me wrong. ...dancing in the air to Harry Belafonte. Yeah, and... and so, so to then be collecting seashells on the beach, not wearing a black veil, just collecting seashells on I the beach... I do kind of buy that, though. ...and talking to a butterfly and saying... She's not I'm as obsessed. So sad. She's not as obsessed with death, though. By the end of the first one, because how could you be if you know that it's not the exactly? End? Yeah, but like that's the thing. She didn't know it was the end when she's all gothed out and everything in the beginning of the movie. But then when she's like, "Oh, this this ain't this, this ain't shit," so then she's just like, "You know what? I'll just settle for a crying game haircut and call it a day." So I mean, it's 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 almost worse that it just ignores all her character development in the first movie. This is by no means a good script. I'm not like defending it. I really, really want to get this guy on the show. Do you think you can do that? 
I can try. Yeah. I want to get. I mean, what's he doing? <laughs> this, this. He's, I got more shitty scripts dude, to write, man. Dude, I can't fucking be. Dude, on your this show. guy's so hungry for work. He's not screening his calls. He just answers the phone every time it rings on the first ring with "I'll do it." But I really, I, I just want to bring him on and just literally say, dude, can you defend this? What if he just said no? It'd be a real short interview. Because it's like, we could make fun of him, but it's still like, yeah, well, yeah. What's the point? Well, I mean, you and, and I... And then we could sit there and, and he could be like, so are you guys going to do another one of your scripts that didn't go anywhere? Or one of my scripts that didn't go anywhere and I got paid for, you fucking losers. And he would be right. We really wouldn't be able to say shit at that point. Yeah, but you know what? That would be some entertaining podcast. I can give you that. Yeah, sure. Sure. All right, you guys ready? Waiting on you. <clears throat> Where are we starting? With fade in. Exterior beach. Yeah. Okay. Fade in. Exterior beach and ocean. Dawn. Angle on, birds singing. The sun comes up, spreading its rosy light over the cliffs, the trees, the crescent beach, and the sleeping beatniks. In capital letters. Close on. Are you putting this up so people can read along? Uh, I will be. Are you sure you're not going to get in trouble for that one? Because this one was hard to find. I imagine that's there's a reason for that. Yeah, but... Fuck it. It doesn't have my name printed across it like most of the scripts I get. Fair enough. Um, close on sleeping beatniks. Kimo and Lydia are asleep in the same sleeping bag. That's, that's genuinely a feat. Those aren't, those aren't wide. Well, they're probably interlocked. Just kept his penis in her all night. That's Poor how, Lydia. That's how Sean does it. Yes, I have a very small bed. Yeah, it's the bed that's small. Anyway, keep reading. Exterior. Terrace Hotel Villa. Morning. Charles, Delia, and Otho are having breakfast on the terrace. Charles is reading the Wall Street Journal. Uh, What's shorthand for guy is rich? Wall Street Journal. (laughs) Lydia is coming up the path towards them. Where have you been? We were just about to call the Marines. I spent the night on the beach. Hello, dear. Hi, Dad. Lydia joins them. Have some mango juice. It's delicious. Oh, I must show you what I got yesterday. She exits into the villa. Lydia has a dreamy look in her eye because she got pounded (laughs) like a bongo. The All ever- fours getting filled out like an application. The ever-perceptive Otho notices right off. <laughs> ever-perceptive. Night on the beach? Hmm. I hope it wasn't one of those awful beatniks that are totally real beatniks. Charles reading the paper. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Jimmy's going to take a bath with those junk bonds. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones would never say that line. <laughs> he would walk off the set. <laughs> He would walk right off the set and put in some child porn. Exactly. You know what he's into. Yep. Then- Delia comes out with two wooden statuettes of fierce-looking island devils. 
Shit. This guy did no research. Yeah. Island Devils. That must be. He didn't even watch the original movie. So, yeah, no research. She places them on the terrace and reaches inside for two more. These will be perfect for the. Oh, I'm sorry. These will be perfect for the Tiki Casino. Delia places the second pair next to the first. I bought them from the head waiter. Guess how much? I don't know. Eight dollars. Delia's a genius. This one's definitely museum quality. Oh my god! Donald's gonna take a few haircuts with that deal. <laughs> I doubt it. Delia gives the chuckling Charles a withering glance. So, what are we doing today? Charles wants to show Lydia the staff apartments. Exterior, courtyard, staff apartments. That was fast. Day. <laughs> it's like a family family guy cutaway. The big wheel Jeep is in the background. Charles, Otho, Delia, and Lydia walk toward the front entrance of an ugly concrete apartment building. Charles points to the roof. See that? Their POV. <sighs> On the roof, I forgot about their, yeah. everybody's POV, every fucking scene. On the roof of the building is a large satellite dish. 50 channels. Yeah, right. Part of the... 50 channels. (laughs) 1992. Part of the courtyard is occupied with Hawaiians resting, playing bowls... Playing bowls? What the fuck? Drinking beer at tables. Two horses are tethered to a fence post, flicking the file... The flies flies off (laughs) with their tail. Flicking the files off. Like, get out of (laughs) here! TPS reports. <laughs> Get that on my desk. Flicking the flies off with their tails. A tired-looking Hawaiian man, surrounded by children. Are you working? No. It sounds like you're maybe, typing. Maybe. <laughs> Only when there's exposition. I'm not. I'm not in the scene. But that's okay. Don't use your work computer anymore. It's you're off. You should be relaxing. Okay. Deal. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're not getting paid right now, right? I mean, I'm salary. So. Oh well. F- well, you sign up for that then. <laughs> uh, Tired-looking Hawaiian man, which is redundant. Uh, a tired-looking Hawaiian man, surrounded by children. There's the redundancy. Is talking to a young Hawaiian in a suit with briefcase. Charles leads them across the courtyard. The Hawaiians nod respectfully as he goes by. Charles acknowledges with a wave. When we got here, these people had nothing. They enter the staff block. Pan to Hawaiian. He is bewildered. The young Hawaiian is waving a piece of paper at him. Everyone! Everyone got to pay tax! Interior corridor. Staff apartments. Day. Charles, Otho, Delia, and Lydia walk down the corridor toward the back entrance. They pass a washroom. Sounds of two women shouting in Hawaiian. In That's Hawaiian, you, Kelly. Where's our where's our Hawaiian yelling women sound? Yeah, just in the back. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect Hawaiian. But with a Hawaiian accent. I'm so racist. <laughs> racist if not accurate. Sounds of two women shouting in Hawaiian. Lydia looks into the washroom. Her Doba. POV. It's been a whole scene. Two Hawaiian matrons are arguing. One of the washing machines has flooded. Oh. Through here. Exterior, backyard, staff apartments, day. Charles, Otho, Delia, and Lydia step out into the backyard. It is full of life. Washing is hanging up to dry. Chickens are roosting in the dust. Children and dogs are playing. 
Charles, Otho, and Delia look with dismay at it all. Ah! They're turning the place into a pigsty. I said, hmm, I meant to say, ah, uh, sorry, I said, it's hmm, not ha, completely different. Yes. Well, we can deal with that later. Charles parts a wide white sheet and walks through. Otho, Delia, and Lydia follow, walking through a world of white sheets. The last sheet parts to reveal an elaborate ornamental pond with Rococo fountain. Is it Rococo? Looks like Rococo. Children are splashing about... It's about two C's to be a Rococo, but it's one C, so it's Rococo. Rococo. Children are splashing about in the pond. It's copied from a fountain in Versailles. Charles looks disapprovingly at the children in the pond. Those kids shouldn't be there. They should be on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I was wondering, I was wondering how you were going to put that, turn that into the kid fucker. Joke. It's weird because he looks like a clown out of makeup. Oh. <laughs> Those kids shouldn't be there. Exterior, another part of the backyard. Day. Charles is about to enter a doorway when a German shepherd dog barks at him. I'm Not, glad they clarified dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we would picture some, some German guy with a, <laughs> with a, a big crook. Yeah. He's got sheep. Vell, my sheep! <laughs> they run away. Nine! 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 Because <laughs> it, it would bark at him. Yeah. Vell, my sheep! <laughs> <laughs> when a German shepherd dog barks at him, the dog is on a leash attached to a hook set into the wall beneath a window. That's a lot of prepositions. Right? A man appears at the window. Is this your dog? Yes, sir. The man leads out the window and pulls the dog back. You're not allowed dogs. Eh? Dogs are not allowed. Him good dog, sir. Him protect my property, sir. You'll have to get rid of it. Charles steps through the- my property or the dog? (laughs) Charles steps through the door. Otho, Delia, and Lydia follow. So Charles hates children, and he hates dogs. Charles hates fucking everybody, okay? He does. He likes the Wall Street Journal, yes. and he likes that Ted, or whatever his name is, is sure going to take a bath on those junk bonds. Ha <laughs> yeah. It's the 80s. He likes any... It's weird, because in the first movie, he you know he clearly belongs in the city, but he doesn't... He's, he's you know, worked to the bone. So it's like both of these movies are about him getting out of the office, but clearly... He belongs in an office in a in a you know Wall Street like the uh, alien abduction sketch we wrote. Yeah, exactly. Where they're out at the cabin and they're like, "Look at this lake, isn't it beautiful?" Yes, I can see condos all along the waterfront. How yes, nature, isn't it wonderful? Let's make it more like home. (laughs) (laughs) Let's develop it. Yeah. Um. Charles steps to the door. Otho, Delia, and Lydia follow. Dude, every time anyone does anything while they're all together, he has to list all of them. Yeah, well, he kind of does. Not really. He could just write everybody follows. Yes, he could. And then... Well, Charles steps to the door. The others follow. Because you've already established in this scene who the, everybody is. And then the man's on the other side of the window. Interior, lobby, staff apartments, day. They head for the front entrance. These people get some pretty funny ideas. It's not his property. It's my property. Exterior, front entrance, staff apartments, day. Charles, Otho, Delia, and Lydia come out into the crowded courtyard. An old Citroen 2CV is parked nearby. Suddenly, Jerry, 
who is a Hawaiian. Tago, who Who's is Japanese. Is he? Ta- Tago's Japanese. You yeah, can't tell with that name. I thought Francisco. Francisco's no, Mexican. Mexican. And Kimo uh, appear and grab Charles. Hey, 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 come on now. What are you doing? Kimo winks at Lydia, who smiles back. You can't do that. What's going on? Take your hands off me. Various Hawaiians watch, curious and uninvolved. How can you be curious and uninvolved? I mean, I get that they're not getting involved, but curious and uninvolved is like, hmm, I'm going to look the other way. And Everybody on this. Facebook who talks about Trump is curious, but not involved. No, they're angry. They're angry, but they're not the fucking protesters that are out going out and doing stuff. They're on fucking Facebook bitching. You know, curious you, but not involved. You can you can march at Facebook at the same time. That's what phones are for. Can you? You can. It does surprise me though that the number of people that all have opinions on the matter, and it's like like that could conceivably go and have the money, and they're just you know no. You can be curious and not involved. The beatniks bundle Charles into the Citroen. Jerry leaps into the driving seat. The driving seat. (laughs) You're in big trouble! Kimo jumps in the passenger seat. The car drives off in a... Oh, not the passengering seat? (laughs) The car drives off in a cloud of dust. They've kidnapped him! Exterior, ranch house, day. Establishing shot of ranch house. Not the ranch house. We don't need articles. Is that an article? What do you call the? Yeah, it's an article. Yeah, it's an article. Okay. I'm not good with, like, the names of the different kinds of words. (laughs) You know, like... I'm not good with English. Prepositions and... Oh, the words are fine, but the words that you call words... Yeah. Fucks me all up. Like, the parts of speech. It's like a hat on a hat. I just don't get it. What? Why would you ever have a hat on a hat? It's a thing in Hollywood called hanging a hat on a hat. It's like Space Jam where you have one ridiculous premise and then you add another ridiculous premise on top of it. It's called hanging a hat on a hat. Interesting. Yeah, it's like when you when you say, okay, we're going to put Michael Jordan in the movie <laughs> and then we're and going to... He's going to leave and basketball. And then we're going to release that movie. <sighs> Fuck. Oh, hat on a hat. Um... Is this movie supposed to be about Beetlejuice or Charles? Because right now it feels like Charles goes to Hawaii. To be fair, Beetlejuice is only in like eight minutes in the original. Really? Yeah. It says, and Michael Keaton as, I almost said Michael Jackson, as Beetlejuice. (laughs) Which would have been a much better movie. (laughs) I'm picturing that now and it's... (laughs) It would be great. I'm liking it. Absolutely. He even has like the little mold in his hair. Hold on, hold on. This is just going to be for you. All right. It's always, it's all for me, by the way, Sean. <laughs> you're working with a professional here see now that you've seen the movie your Beetlejuice impersonation is much better I mean now that you've seen it recently not yeah that. that's the thing I mean I so I I'm, I'm hoping he shows up at some point to be fu- now now while he while he was only in like eight minutes of the first movie to be fucking completely fair watching the movie I would occasionally pause it and if I hear it I can do it but I can't go rogue yeah you know so what we need to do is call Michael Keaton and have him say the lines first so that I can hear it and then I'll say them. That sounds like a 
We should do Which, that. Yes, because if we you can gotta get, have a plan. If we can get Michael Keaton while we're reading this Beetlejuice script, mm-hmm. we should absolutely just have him feed you the line so what you can mimic him. What you're saying is that if we have access to Michael <laughs> Keaton, this is how we should use that. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. I actually did have access to him once, but anyway. Like And like, then you ruined it. No, the fucking girl he was fucking ruined it. Anyway. As they often do. Anyway. The point of the first movie is that even though he's in it only a small amount of time, the whole premise still revolves around him. All At I know, this point, Beetlejuice yeah. has no impact on anything. They're just showing him because his it's Beetlejuice. Yeah, they have to put him in somewhere because I mean we're on page nothing 30. he's done so far has affected the characters we're or the, the story. First act. Yeah, like they're at this point. Beetlejuice should be making his entrance in earnest. By the way, following he has the three a lot acts. to mop. Okay, in earnest. Very dirty floors in the afterlife. Oh my god, that would have been a great. Crossover. I know where he fucks Ernest P. Worrell in the ass. <laughs> hey Vern, I'm getting fucked by an exorcist. Oh my god. <laughs> Ernest goes to the afterlife. Just so you know, Ernest goes to had, hell. They both had very vigorous hip thrusts in their seats. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this seat this seat has seen some worse times, man. Fucking goodwill. What is happening with my microphone? Oh yeah, it was it was uh it was what it was put through at goodwill. Not what you've been putting it through. Goodwill is a fucking torture, by the way, if you're a chair. Every single asshole literally comes Dude. up, sits on you, and then it's like mm, mm, mm. No. Dude, I don't think a chair is getting much more torture than being at your house. Why? Because I'm fat? Is that what you're trying to say, you hack? Yes. All right. Point made. No one laughed. Move on. This sounds like fucking, um, like that Just Wait music on, like, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? That show, that game show that has, like, no fucking time limits at all. Ever. You just hear this for, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's, like, thinking, like, they've already used all three lifelines. Yeah. And they've just got like A or B to choose. And then I just slowly. Do you guys remember the weakest link? That was the best. Yes. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. She was awesome. What happened to her? She was such a bitch. <laughs> it was beautiful. She, uh. She's the prime minister now. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that the host of The Weakest Link was Theresa May. I'm gonna look it up. Of course you are. Um, where the fuck were we? They've kidnapped him. Okay. Uh, establishing shot of ranch house with the old Citroen parked outside. What is a Citroen? It's a car. I know that. But like, what kind of car is it? Is it a it's, 50s? It's like or? one of those little teeny... Look it uh, up, Kelly. What? It's like one of those little teeny European cars. Like a Fiat? Sort of, yes. Hmm. So it would fit in the hallway of Termite Terrace. Um, yes. Yes. Oh, ah. Oh, C-I... T-R-O-E-N. I will show you a picture of it. Yay. That'll be good for the audience. Images. Oh, these are like modern. Um, modern. And that's a... That's a fucking Bugatti. That's not it. Uh, oh, here's an older one. You know, these guys. That oh. still doesn't look like it. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Here we go. That's it. That's a pretty groovy looking Yeah. Little ride there. It's like a it's like the mid century idea of the future. In the future. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's that. Be on Tomorrowland. Um, She's not really doing anything interesting for those that were curious about the week as Link Coast. Oh, shit. We were talking about She's like gardening and shit. Yeah. She, she hosted she pulls out weeds. She hosted weed. Ian Robinson's Britain on BBC One. But oh. as Americans, I, I like the idea now. of there just being a twenty four hour live feed of her gardening. That would be interesting. She could do it, man. There's a couple of people that could do that. Um Old Citroen parked outside. The injured parrot in the cage ruffles its feathers. It's dead. You made that joke last time. Nobody laughed. Move on. It's dead. Interior, main room, ranch house, day. Charles, angry and defensive, is sitting in a chair surrounded by the beatniks. I'm sorry. I'll forget if I don't mention this now. If I could find you early drafts of Monty Python scripts, would you be interested in doing them? No, because they're going to be good. Ah, good point. Oh, well. I wanted to see, you know, how they they worked Bob Hoskins into uh, Life of Brian, even though he wasn't in the movie. There's this whole running thing in, in the in the directions of the script about this background actor, but they couldn't think of a name for him. So they just turned on the BBC and there was Bob Hoskins was on like, Bob Hoskins. That's the actor's name. They didn't even know he wasn't even like famous yet. Huh? Okay. Interior main room, ranch house day. Charles angry and defensive is sitting in a chair surrounded by the beatniks. Charles addresses the girls. Sukavati, ginger and edgy. edgy. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you hang out with these guys? What's in it for you? Come on. You could be doing so much better. You're all very striking, obviously smart women. You're selling yourselves short. Cut the flattery, Charles. We don't buy it. I mean, look at these guys. He indicates Tago, Francisco, and Jerry. Filled with hate, poisoned by jealousy for anyone who's successful. Oh, God, I should just read him as Trump. Yeah. Kimo enters the room with some papers and photographs of animals. Whoa, this guy's into some shit. Charles, to Kimo. You're a stupid, stupid guy. You've just put yourself in a no-win position. Calm down. We just want to talk. He gives Charles some literature. In the past 30 years, 40% of Hawaiian species have become extinct. 40%! Tell like it is, man! That was Francisco, the oh. Mexican. So they up. could tell. Because <laughs> yeah. Trevor pretty Didn't much like it is, SA. Trevor pretty much reads them like Cheech. Yep. Hey. It's a shame. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame, it really is. You know, if you guys had come to my office and talked to me, we tried. You wouldn't see us. That's Tago. He's Japanese. (laughs) Listen, ladies. Why don't you come over to the winning team? It's only human nature to want to go with the winners. God, he's Trump. He is Trump. Grab him by the pussy. He points to the beatnik boys. (laughs) Well, it ain't them. Bahuga and five guards burst into the room, all with guns. Freeze! I don't remember who Bahuga was. Good old Bahuga. He's one of the, um, I think, like, elders. Baby Bahuga. Um, exterior, ranch house, day. The beatniks are marched out, handcuffed and under guard, and put in the meat wagon. Oh, God. Lydia watches from the bushes, unseen. Charles and Bahuga come out... (laughs) 
onto the porch. I love his name. Call the police in Honolulu. We're going to find that birth certificate. Sorry. Well, who goes his last name, though, I think? His first name is Bebop. <laughs> Call the police in Honolulu. Yes, sir. Close on, Lydia. She is horrified and near panic. Exterior, rice paddy, old village. Day, do they have rice patties in Hawaii? I was just thinking, is it really? Why are you looking at me like I'm the expert on Hawaii? You're the whole, you're the expert on everything. You're the expert uh, on looking shit up. Uh, hair toss. <laughs> That's a lot of hair to toss. You could hurt God, somebody. I know. Knock someone out. Exterior, rice paddy, old village, day. Or maybe we're suddenly in Vietnam. My goodness. No, because Lydia's there, so, and she's still anxious from the scene before. Mr. Maui is planting rice. I bet that's his real name. Yeah. Because he's from Hawaii. <laughs> of course. So, obviously. Hey, I'm Joey New York. <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> Cocksucker. Uh, he's planting rice. Lydia is holding an apron full of seedlings. How did she get... He holds out his hand and she passed... Hold on. It's an old village. She's Hold suddenly on. in an old village. In an apron. Yeah. Hold on. So Lydia's hiding in the bushes, watching her dad arrest her new boyfriend at gunpoint. Then she's like, I'm going to go plant some rice. <laughs> you know, I always... He's saying that's not in character. I always calm down. I'm, You know, whenever I plant rice, it always brings me away from being horrified and near panic. So... Well, it always brings me away from um, not being in Japan, I guess. Yeah. Where are we? No, we're, we're in a rice paddy in an old village, which could be anywhere. Literally anywhere. This is like an Alaskan rice paddy. Uh, that's my new band name, by the way, Alaskan rice paddy. Hmm. He she, plays the tambourine. Lead electric triangle. <laughs> Upgrade. <laughs> I like electric triangle. You like that? Uh, Lydia is holding an apron full of seedlings. He holds out his hand, and she passes him a bunch of shoots, which he proceeds to plant. <laughs> this guy saw, like, one video of, of some people working in a rice paddy, and this is just, like, his interpretation of it. So, I thought the best thing to do was call him. I always said I never would, because he's kind of scary, but this is a real emergency. My dad says Kima's going to get 10 years for kidnapping, and I can easily send him back. I just say his name three times. Oh, but fuck you. When I called him, nothing. Nothing happened. Good. You should never summon a demon unless you make him sign a binding contract first. But we've got to do something. First we plant the rice, and then we find your demon. Because remember, he's Rafiki. <laughs> <laughs> Correction! <laughs> I know your father. Yes. Exterior, old village, night. Everything is quiet in the deserted Hawaiian village. An ethereal light comes through the gaps in Mr. Maui's hut. Oh, thank God they said hut. And not like grass skirt. Interior. I'm picturing every Hawaiian yeah. wearing a grass skirt because yeah. I know that's what this guy was picturing. And a coconut bra, the even though the guys. There's no mention. I'm like shocked and a little proud that there's been no mention. Because he just thinks that everyone is already going to assume that. That's probably true. Because he does. Because, you know, it's in the 90s. We still believe stuff like that. Interior, Mr. Maui's hut, night. The hut is bathed in spooky light. That he got from Hot Topic. 
The I'm, walls are covered in... Not Hot Topic, you fuckhead. Spencer's Gifts. Sorry. Spencer Gifts. Is it Spencer? It's always been Spencer. There's no S. Really? The end, there's one S. Yeah, at the beginning. We yeah, got next, that. Next time you're at the mall, go go look. It's just Spencer Gifts. Is it really? Fuck. Yeah. Actually, they dropped the gifts. I think it's just Spencer. It's like that thing that black people do with Jay Moore's name, always adding an S. Jay Moore's! And they all talk like Tracy when they do it. <laughs> My mom did that thing. She always made like every store name possessive. Yeah. yeah. Like Kmart's. Publix's. <laughs> no, every middle-aged woman refers to it as Target in the singular. Yeah. Yeah, my mom wasn't classy enough to even pretend to be classy. <laughs> she was just a dirty old hoe bag. Yeah. A lot of love here. She wasn't that old, was she? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. She was not old. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's mother was, in her later years, very old. She didn't have later years. Yeah, that's true. Well, they, they, she did. They were on her face. It's okay. My mom died of karma. <laughs> Bad karma. There's no really stories Trevor, here, No folks. one dies of good karma, do they, Trev? Wow. Unless, of course, you're just, like, super awesome, and they're just like, look, man, up in heaven. <laughs> that, that was, like, just the most pointless add-on to it. Like, she died of cancer. Bad cancer! <laughs> hey, listen, man. Some people deserve cancer. There's some people that actually do deserve it. I yeah, know- and they don't get it. Trump! <laughs> He's got the cure. Um, bu- bu- or at bu- least bu- half of their numbers. Spooky light. The walls are covered in, covered in effigies, masks, carvings, and Kabbalistic artifacts. Mm. Artifacts is spelled the old way with an E. E, yeah. On the floor is a circle of conch shells. Inside the circle, Mr. Maui and Lydia are sitting, knee to knee. Oh, no. Slowly, Lydia's semi-transparent astral form rises from her body. Shake, 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 Sidora. That's what happened last time. Intuition is the universe speaking to you. Follow your intuition. Lydia's astral form breaks into a mass of shimmering points of light. And disappears. And then she's a cartoon. She's wearing a little red spider dress. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Allison Court does her voice. Interior, exterior, subatomic universe. What? She's Ray Palmer now? Lydia floats past strange molecular structures, bundles of moving filaments, pulsating nuclei, and orbiting electrons. She grasps the edge of a small, free-floating island and pulls herself up to it, up onto it. The island is about six feet in diameter. She stands and looks nervously around. Follow your intuition! She recovers her courage, steps off the island, and floats down to a pale, cream-ribbon-like pathway, which loops and twists into the distance. We get it, you're a writer! Very important that it's cream. Not white, not off-white. Cream. Cream. It's get on it's top. eggshell. Cream. Uh, she walks along the pathway. She notices something on the path ahead of her. Her POV. God damn it. Moving slowly along the path is a small green worm. Like, wasn't there a little worm in the cartoon? No. I feel like there was a worm character in the cartoon. There were sandworms. She picks it up. They were in the movie, too. The worm opens its little mouth and bares its fangs. Teeny little porcupine hairs sprout on its body as it arches its back and hisses aggressively. Lydia, startled, drops the worm 
It sprouts dragonfly wings and whizzes away. How high was he when he was writing this? Not high enough. Seriously. Unfortunately, still sober enough to operate his typewriter. Interior, exterior. Another part of the subatomic universe. To the east of the other part. (laughs) Every scene should be titled like that. Like, in the normal universe, it should be like, exterior, another part of the universe. I can't be tied down, man. Lydia approaches a rectangular window which hangs in space about four feet below the undulating pathway. Lydia swoops down, her feet left on the porch, and looks through the window. Her POV, the Garden of Eden. Holy tits. A beautiful garden. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Get it, you're a writer. Shut the fuck up. Dude, it's literally the definition of paradise. And you have to state that it's beautiful. Was it? Rolling green hills beyond, and beyond that... Oh my god, you piece of repeating shit. A range of purple mountains topped with fluffy white clouds. A fairy tale landscape. We that, get it, it's no, hold on. No, that's, that's right. Yeah, okay, because the Garden of Eden is a fucking fairy tale. It's a fairy tale, people. Way to be edgy. No, edgy always talks like this. Edgy can always speak in whispers. <laughs> Um, I meant controversial. Wow, I walked right into that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate getting one teed up for me every once God in a while. Damn it. A bird of paradise squawks and flutters up from a bush. Two giraffes appear and lope away into a grove of flame trees. Because when I think the Garden of Eden, I think flame, flame trees. trees. Lydia tries to open the window. But there is no latch. No latches in heaven. She taps on the glass. It makes no sound. No sound in heaven. Then she feels... I like that you did this and made no sound with it. Yeah. All right. It's for me. Okay. Don't question my process, I'm not questioning. I said I like that you did it. But you said it in that way. You go, oh, I like that you're stupid. Wasn't I smiling? I don't know. Your microphone's in the way. Oh, there you go. Big old... Shit-eating grin. Then she feels something land on her shoulder. Oh my god, do one of the voices as Dr. Claw. (laughs) It's the little green worm. Next time, Gadget. It folds its wings and crawls down her arm, across her hand, and passes through the glass into the garden. Lydia tries to put her finger through where the worm went, but the glass is solid. She rises back up onto the pathway. Cut to view through window. Yes. A beautiful woman appears from behind a clump of blooming... I could never say this. Rhododendrons? (laughs) What's that? Rhododendrons. Yeah, those. Rhododendrons. That flower. She is accompanied by a posse of extinct animals. A posse? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They've got their bling. Yeah. Interior. This is 1992, so they're probably wearing cross colors. This is 92? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, right. I was just born. 91, 92, something like that, Sean? I think it was 93. Oh. Then, no, then cross colors were out. I know. I remember. I remember you had some in your closet. Yeah. They were rotting <laughs> by 93. Interior, exterior, subatomic universe, and helium ocean. What? Later. Yeah. Because what would that look like? <laughs> That's not his problem, man. (laughs) 
That's but you know, he, designers but he problem. loves he loves like most shitty writers. He loves o- describing things overly, you know, in ways that we don't need description. It's like if ever there was a, a description need, it's coming. Okay. Um, keeping in mind, this is pre CGI for the most part. Jurassic Park. I mean, it's the year Jurassic Park came out, but ninety one was the year I think the Jurassic Park came no, out. No, that was ninety three. Are you sure? It was ninety three. Katie, look it up. Uh, you know, no, 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 no. You know what? I think you're, you're right. Yeah, it is 93. Fuck. <laughs> We're just going to call Kelly Katie. No, you know what? It's June fucking, 11, it's 1993. Yeah. The, you know what I'm confusing it with? It's fucking Terminator 2. Which is the other big CG one. Which was 92. Yeah, that's right. Actually, July 3rd, 1991. Thank you for playing. That's my John Connor impersonation. Yeah. That's your that's your Edward Furlong impression. Yeah. God, Actually, he was so whiny. <laughs> I hated him. Yeah. Who's the worst part of that movie? And I'm glad yeah. he's dead. And there's no like there's very little fat on that movie. There's like it's like pretty much all good, but yeah. And the fact that his voice changes from scene to scene because they shot out of sequence and he's going through puberty yeah. as they're fucking shooting. I know now why you cry. It is because you sat on your balls. Nothing? All right, guys. I was I, I just was amazed that you didn't have a better Arnold. All I'm saying is that, look, if you don't cry when you sit on your balls... Do you want to hear about the helium ocean or not? Not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> Lydia walks along the ribbon-like pathway. Did I mention it's ribbon-like? The pathway is like a ribbon. It's, it's, it's cream. Similar to a ribbon. Cream. In that it is ribbon-like. Also, he left out the... the- to be fair, there isn't a word in the thesaurus that means ribbon-like. If there was, we would be we would be treated to all of them. Yes, well, at some point in order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> alphabetical order. Uh, ahead is a transparent silver rolling ocean of helium, stretching to the horizon. How does she know it's helium? She doesn't. The no, direct writer here, does. Here's the next line. Lydia is perplexed. Clearly, she's thinking, "What element is that ocean made of?" <laughs> How is it both transparent and silver? I was wondering the same. Hmm. Uh, Lydia is perplexed. She needs to go that way, but how? Hold on. She's walking on a ribbony path in the nothing. Was she going to call a cab? She just walked. What is there about the ocean of helium that makes her think, I can't walk on that? How is it any better than this cream ribbon you're walking on? Well, cream means go in the afterlife. Transparent silver is like the yellow. You know, proceed with caution. Oh, oh. that's true. You really can't argue with that logic. No. But uh, except that yellow means hurry up. Actually, it means cowardly. That too. Nobody calls... uh, (laughs) Chicken. Well, yellow in Back to the Future Oh, that's right. It says yellow. Oh, I thought you were going for Snape. Oh, way older. What? Thought you were going for Snape. Don't call me coward. Oh no, no, I was going. You missed with a really great opportunity there. I was doing Back to the Future, which still trumps uh, Harry Potter. I'm Don't sorry. call me a coward. Nothing I've been lame for years. Back to the Future does. Not even a little. 
know a lot. What, what are we arguing about? Uh, whether Back to the Future is better than Harry Potter. Yeah, there's no argument. Yeah. Yeah, folks, this will be my last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you know I don't hate Harry Potter. I just you clearly spe- don't love it enough. Did you spend two hundred dollars on a handcrafted? How much do you have fucking quote love on my body? So you have to be obsessed. What? Where? What? I have a tattoo on my rib. What's it say? It's until the very end, but it's in James Potter's handwriting from the Marauders map in the third book. That's pretty legit. I don't have any Back to the Future tattoos. Well, sounds so like I Harry Potter wins. <laughs> we don't have any Back to the Future tattoos, so I, I, I guess she wins this round. Fuck yeah. Sure, I mean, I guess. I really can't argue. I've only seen the first Harry Potter movie, so. What is wrong with you? I have a life. You do not? Yes, I do. You absolutely don't. Yeah, I do. It's not in this state. But, I mean, I've had them. Hmm. I could go visit them. But yeah, when those movies were out, I didn't give a shit about them. Um, Plus the first one stunk. Uh, stink, stank. Stunk. You're a mean one. Uh, she needs to go that way, but how? <laughs> Her eye strays to a silver triangular shape, which sprouts from a collection of molecules a few yards distant from the path. She rises onto her toes and pushes off the path, floating over to the molecule cluster. Jesus. There, she snaps the stalk beneath the triangle and takes it with her, floating toward the helium sea. Do either of you guys get what just happened? No idea. Not even a little. You're a good writer, Jonathan Gems. Interior, exterior, helium sea. Lydia hits the first wave. Positions herself on the triangle, wobbles, gains her balance, and surfs. Oh, fuck oh you. God. <laughs> fuck this movie. This movie was not not made enough for me. <laughs> yeah, no wonder this was buried. <laughs> oh man. I hope I hope Tim Burton read this and just set Jonathan Gems on fire and just stood there and watched him burn. He didn't. He made Mars attacks with him after this. Was Which is a good movie. This? Yeah. Oh, God, Tim, Tim Burton read this and then went, hey, will you write me a movie? Would you, you know what? I, I read your, your, your Beetlejuice script. Can you write me a script where the only dialogue is, ah, ah! and he's like, sure. I mean, that's all that's I can do. That's what I do. That's all I can do. <laughs> can you write me a script where, he's like, yes, Randy Quaid is just himself. Uh, that would just be, don't, don't write any lines for him. Just put Randy Quaid. Christmas Vacation 2. See that? Gotta be the most unfunny, funny movie ever. Uh, I lost my place. Oh, surfs. Surfs. Yeah. That's where we were. We were, were surfing on the helium we were, sea, Sean. We were at Astral Lydia surfing on a triangle. On a triangle. Because that's what shape surfboards are. You know what's weird? Is and it grew from the ground. This is too stupid for the cartoon. Yeah. They would reject this in the fucking writer's room of the show. Interior, exterior. Helium, sea, and lunar landscape now because the moon is in the subatomic world. The helium sea laps at the shore of a lunar landscape. Craters, black, pitted rock, bizarre... Craters? Bizarre... These commas are fucking me up. Craters, comma, black, comma, pitted rock, comma, 
bizarre geological shapes and occasional outcrops of fungi. The commons. Yeah, with an H in it, because this guy's from 1930. Fungi. The sky is dotted with molecular structures, which means nothing. Those are just two words I put together. Lydia surfs to the... All structures are molecular, right? Not if you're Jonathan Gems. What kind of molecules are in his gem? Lydia surfs to the land. Behind black lava rock, watching her, is a krell. A what? The krell is a small, vicious bone man. Obviously. Ah, Duh. Its head is a crushed-in human rib cage, (laughs) and lungs are its eyes. How? It has skeletal arms sprouting from its horned head. And its bone legs end in fleshless three-toed feet. If you're going to give a part of the body, a muscly part of the body, the job of being the eyes, why not use the fucking... Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Another part of the lunar landscape. I was going to say the pineal gland, because it has a retina, cornea, and a lens. It's your third eye. Which, by the way... I've done DMT and acid and everything, and I mean, maybe I wasn't getting good shit, but I've never fucking surfed on a triangle over a fucking lunar landscape. Or a helium sea, I beg your pardon. Lydia descends a rocky incline toward a marble archway. She goes through the arch into the blackness. Hold on. I got to rewind for a second. You remember that part where she goes, but she needs to go that way, but how? How indeed... How the fuck do you know where you're going? Because she's surfing, and that is the answer to it. That was before the surfing. I know, but then she found the surfboard. I need to go over there because... Because. There is the way that the script is telling me. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up. But don't you... It's so... Yeah, right. She's in the blackness. That's a good place to end, actually. Right in the black. She's Hold meeting on. Sirius Black on the other side of the arch. Oh. Mm. Into the blackness. So she's dead. Yes. Um, we can hope. We can but hope. Yeah. Uh, looks like a big scene change. So uh, let me reread this real quick. Lydia descends a rocky incline towards a marble archway. She goes through the arch into the blackness. Yeah. Fade out. Fade out. Fade out. So we've gotten through another hour of reading, and Beetlejuice did not appear. show up at all. I'm going to look and see how many pages we are from the next Beetlejuice experience. Don't you want to be surprised? No. Though <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go off topic for a second. Uh, speaking like of that us. archway, tell me, you'll, you'll know if I'm misremembering, but wasn't he just like stunned through that archway in the book? She did not hit him with a vada kedavra, 
right? No, yeah, it was a red jet. It was um, stunning, and he fell back. Yeah, so he was stunned because mm-hmm. in the movie they did Avada Kedavra because they didn't feel like explaining right. the that the nature death. of the arch. Yes, the kill you arch. Yes, the death arch. You know, someone really needs to invent a safety rail in the Wizarding world. How about a wizard? I mean, all those stairways just turning. I mean, it's natural selection. Hogwarts is cut through. Sort of. Except, I mean, it's not really Darwinian to go, I'm going to walk through this arch and then die. I mean, that's just... Someone should have put a sign up saying, I mean, if, you walk, killed the cat. if you walk through the arch, you'll die. Anyway, Trevor's left out in the cold because he doesn't know about the Potterism. I know all about it. It's just not something I'm interested in. No, you don't know what we're talking about. I know you're talking about Harry Potter. But you don't know what we're referring to. I'm trying to help I'm, you out I'm here, dude. I'm assuming that the audience does, so I'm just Stop keeping quiet. Being For a- the record, the next Beetlejuice appearance is in seven pages on page 42. You know what I... 42? I bet he comes in and goes, Hey. Oh, you want me to keep mopping? And then he just is gone again. Hey, I gotta go. (laughs) So, um, hey, everybody. Uh, Don't forget to check out our other podcast, Touche El Douche. You can find it on iTunes or at the SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash Ferris Wheelhouse. Subscribe to this podcast and... uh, do, 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 please check out Trevor's YouTube channel, um, where he is oh, the Ferris the, Wheelhouse channel? Yeah, check out Ferris, uh, well, just like- YouTube.com slash Ferris Wheelhouse, where Trevor is undertaking the process of being YouTube's sole Looney Tunes critic, where he goes by the name, The Looney Tunes Critic. <laughs> it was, uh, Actually, my name is Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic. It's on my birth certificate. Oh, well. Your dad had some real foresight. Yeah. He's English, so he's always right. And that's it for us. We'll see you next week. The voice of Table Reads is Art Carlson. Hey, that's kind of meta. Meta. This podcast was created by Sean McBee and produced by Ferris Wheelhouse. FerrisWheelhouse.net Fuck. Cut to black.